Hey there, Doc Lowe. Welcome to the podcast about the films that are known as documentaries. We are called the Documenteers, and I am the most of the time host, Bob Sham. I talk about the movies every week with a friend, and an old friend of mine stops by to lend a new perspective to the show. He is a chef that travels all around, and his name is William, and we are discussing the documentary Jiro Dreams of Sushi by David Gelb. Throughout this episode, I call David Gelb David Gello, and that is incorrect. His name is David Gelb. Lots of corrections for this episode, actually. Number one, I thought Jiro, the star of this documentary, was dead. He is not. He is still doing this into his 90s. And he actually lost his Michelin stars because he stopped serving to the public. We say he's dead all throughout the episode. He is not, so we can still get answers. Jiro is alive. Also, Roppongi is an area within a district in the city of Tokyo and not a city in and of itself. And that song I couldn't remember is called Some Girls Do by Sawyer Brown. Also, there's some room noise more towards the end of the episode. Maybe some devices were too close, but you can still hear what is said. Sorry about that. Next week on the show, Johnny finally returns. I had planned on him returning last month, but the audio to what we recorded got corrupted. But he helps me out with your listener requests because we're doing Mr. Moody's demand for us to watch the film Brothers Keeper by Joe Berlinger and Bruce Sanofsky. It's about a murder. Fratricide, I believe it's called. And I have yet to see it. But I suspect some what-the-fuck moments. Brothers Keeper, next week on The Documenteers. Brief music we hear is that Sawyer Brown song and two themes from Japanese wrestlers. Kazuchika Okada's Rainmaker theme and the Rapongi 3K Tag Team theme song by Rocky Romero, who is also a wrestler. And that's it, I believe. Documenteerspodcast.com. For more of this and what we look like and shit like that, five stars and a review on Apple Podcasts to show your appreciation would mean the world to us. Really helps justify the many hours I put into this to produce this ridiculous shit. Let's do it now. Me and William go down on some sushi, and you are going to keep on docking. Here is a motion picture film. A thousand feet. 16,000 separate photographs. Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel. おいしいっていうのはどういうことだって言われるね。美味しいっていうのは、それ難しいでしょ、美味しいっていうのはどういうことって言われたって。だから頭の中そういうのがいっぱい張り込んでたんじゃないかなと思いますけどね。新しいの
that Gwyneth Paltrow goop site, you can get pussy eggs for like five thousand dollars. Yeah, I haven't been, but I've I, I've been tempted. I was really surprised to find that they were that cheap because I would pay double that. <laughs> that seems low for pussy eggs. <laughs> I had a selection of people for this listener request. This, this is uh, was requested by a guy named Tyler Watts. Thank you, Tyler. Thanks, Ty Ty. I do know him personally. I just haven't seen him in a long time, and he slid into my dms as the kids say nice and he was like there's this one called jiro dreams of sushi and i've heard about this for years i watched it for the first time oh really last night before we're wow recording. yeah pretty good right it's, yeah it's a good it's as it's as simple as the art of the food that he has made absolutely like your job love your job yeah don't complain about your job mine's okay all right that's cool <laughs> can can your job just be okay yeah because not because, look, the world, I mean, anyone who's got a job they love should just definitely feel lucky. But, honestly, the world can't really run on everyone doing the job they want to do. Not everybody can be a Euro. That's right. He seems one of a kind, for real. Is he still alive? No, I believe he died. Motorcycle accident. Oh. On his I, way to an orgy. I thought it was mercury poisoning. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Oh, he just flipped his, he flipped his shit and just started, you know, going to town. Maybe, yeah. Jiro Dreams of Sushi by David Gello. And I was like, look, I got a friend. You're a chef. That's right. I make food for people. True or false? You're a chef. That's absolutely 100% true. A personal chef. I cook food personally for people. Yeah. You uh, go, you, I you, cook food for all sorts of people. You go around the country and you cook. I food. do. I travel all over the country cooking food for uh, for generally musicians and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, I'm able to... Uh, really tap into local cuisine all over the country, and it's it's pretty fun. It's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, you cook for musicians. We won't get into the weeds of that, but we live in Nashville. Absolutely. So you can put it together. I can put it together. Who sang that song that goes like, Well, I ain't first class, but I ain't white trash. You know this song? Wild and a little crazy, <laughs> too. Some girls don't like boys like me. All the some girls do. <laughs> Who sings that? Um, I, 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 I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for a pop country quiz show. That's but, too uh, bad. Uh, who is it? I don't know. Damn. I should have shazammed you while you were doing it. It would have popped up. It would have been perfect. Yeah. Like, is this an improved version Siri, of this artist? Siri, what, what am I listening to? I think it's something like Gentry Montgomery McDaniels. Oh, you know what? I, that, one of them is my name. <laughs> yeah. Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Can we go to Japan, please? Uh, dude, I would want to. I've uh, gotten into wrestling. I've been watching a lot of Japanese wrestling. Oh, really? They go hard. New Japan wrestling. Is it as uh, convincing as the United States version of professional wrestling probably more so the u.s is really committed to the pageantry mm-hmm. and the japanese version is into the work i mean absolutely ja- i mean jiro's a super worker yes. japan is like a super worker society exactly if they don't if they're not if they don't do a good job they're probably gonna take a stroll out to the suicide force it couldn't even be a fake wrestler and, the, and yeah yeah shame on me adios they they is that, do is that japanese adios I would love to go to the Japan, but I really just want to watch wrestling and maybe eat some sushi. But uh, sounds great, yeah. But nothing more complicated than that. So speaking of sushi, let's let's uh, let's talk about oh uh, Euro. Okay, Euro. <laughs> Thanks for keeping me yeah. on course here. This dude, accolades, absolutely Michelin stars. Do you have any of those? Three Michelin stars. No. Whoa. Three Michelin stars. Have you ever gotten tires? Oh, I've gotten tires. Got four Michelin tires. Uh, that's pretty cool. I, I I used to go with the cum hose. Hmm. The cum hose? Cum ho? Cum hose? Cum ho? People say words differently. You must immerse yourself and love your work. Never complain. And more, most importantly, refine your work. Yes, refine your craft. Refine your, your artistry in your profession. Refine your heart and your brain and your love for whatever you're creating. A restaurant critic who, this guy could not be sucking Giro's balls harder. I mean, he really goes down on Giro. 
Uh-huh. Absolutely. He like eats his butt, which is very so nice. I mean, you know, if you can get a free piece of $300 sushi from a guy, you're probably going to do whatever you're going to do. $300 sushi. I'm trying to gauge how much cuz they come out in uh I forget how they described it. It's like you go in, you sit there. It's not a conveyor belt thing. No, it's a course. It's coursing. It's not. You don't go down hibachis down here down the street, and it's just right. sitting there. Yeah, exactly. No, no, it's not a sushi train. Have you ever run a sushi train? Oh, I've I've ran some sushi trains. <laughs> Hell yeah! I uh, I got to do a sushi train, and it was all boats. So what do you call that? Party. Whoa. Yeah. Don't rock the sushi boat. <laughs> And he sets the piece of sushi, one piece in yeah. front. Yeah, one piece of nigiri or whatever. Perfectly cut slice of fish on a nice dainty piece of rice. You know, I got a pet peeve with sushi. I'm I'm not I don't I've not had like three hundred dollar a plate level sushi here. Mm-hmm. But I found that when I do eat sushi, I like it pretty simple. Right. Well, I don't like the mayonnaise junk and like the super decked out. I'm not really a big fan of the super complex rolls that people Right. Drop on you. You were right. That's that is just something that has happened <laughs> to make everybody have a dining experience. Some people need a whole fucking deep fried log. Yeah. You know, when you when when you actually think about rolling up a log of rice and seaweed and shit and yeah. deep frying it, I mean, <laughs> it sounds fucking weird. But then when they slice it up and put mayonnaise and decorations all over it. Yeah. You're like, that's okay. Tempura fancy. Yeah. I like to get like a sashimi. Right. Absolutely. And then maybe a couple rolls. Right. right. Yeah. Or a couple, mm-hmm. uh, what you call it, nigiri, a little yeah, yeah. eel. Yeah, uh-huh. nigiri. That's how I roll. But one of my pet Pardon peeves <laughs> is when people, they'll put like barbecue on rice and be like, barbecue sushi. Yeah. And then stare at you until you act like your mind is blown by it. <laughs> Oh, fried chicken sushi. Yeah, I like what I did. It's fusion food. Oh, I hate it. Have you made fried chicken sushi before? I have not made fried chicken sushi. Um, I've had sushi while consuming Japanese-style fried chicken. Some karage. There you go. Yeah. That's different. Jiro's is said to be the best out of hundreds and hundreds of sushis. Not casual, like we said, one piece at a time. They live in a place called Roppongi. Mm-hmm. That's a town in Japan, I believe, I think. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Jiro lives in Japan. So, uh, <laughs> you're onto something there, bud. I'm there. <laughs> you know, there's a Japanese tag team wrestling crew. They call themselves Rapongi 3K. Oh, Show okay. and Yo. They are the current junior IWGP heavyweight champions. Wow. It's kind of a big deal. I mean, I wonder what their sushi program is like because, you know, that's a big part of the sumo. And are there any big guys? Are there any, like, big whopping yeah, giant dude. Japanese sumo wrestlers going up to the third rope and flopping that big old sumo belly down on the mat? Yeah. Like a Japanese pancake? I think, like, if you're fat and in Japan, like, people will, like, you could really get it. You know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. They'll be like, oh shit, he eats a lot. That happens to be my fetish. Let's go to Japan. Okay, cool. I'm married, but... I'm know, not. I'll cry and point at you when they approach me. In Japan? Yeah. Uh, in they, Japan, would love they would love I'll that. I'll cry and point, point, at, me. point at you. <laughs> uh, a boy from Shizuka... <laughs> Um, he's, he's coming in. You need reservations a, a month in advance. Yeah. Is it one month or five months? One month. One, one month, month, they yep. said. Not bad. That's not bad. Well, he only has 10 seats, so. Starts at 30,000 yen. That equals out to about 300. Starts at 300. Copy that. Only sushi. No fancy shit. No right. che- No appetizers. No cheeseburgers. Only sushi. There's no, but they, there's no secret techniques. There's just repetition. Well, it's perfecting. I mean, you know, he's not... What are they doing with the seaweed when they oh, do they're, that? They're, they're toasting it. Yeah. They're toasting it. They're drying it out. Complicating the flavors. Is that right? Complicating them? They're making it more complex. When you toast it, when you toast your, your seaweed, you can control the dryness 
of the the sheet so that can affect how it sticks to the rice or how it sticks to your lips mm. or how pussy lips <laughs> You know, we're talking about Japanese stuff, so absolutely. <laughs> Jiro is testing fish at one point, and he's like, it's too young. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if you gave me that fish and I ate it, I'd be like, wow, this is amazing. Right. But he's like, too young. Yeah, he wanted, what, uh, three more days, right? The, yeah, the body's too tight, too supple. Uh-huh. Need a little more mature, absolutely. a little more loosened up. Yeah, a little more flavor. And he, and he needs to go back out in the world, have some parties, a few dates. Rumspringer. Then when it's good and loose. Yeah, it needs a rumspringer. The yeah. fish. What a thing. Always strive to be better. Always strive and prosper. Like oh. that ASAP Rocky album, I think it's called that. Great chef is passionate. Are you passionate? Absolutely. You do seem very passionate. I have a lot of passion. A lot yeah. of passion that comes out of my hands. Is there anything in your daily... Like, what is some, What's the downside of like your, your job, your day-to-day job? What's something that's like... This is annoying, but uh, everyone's got something. Uh, wear and tear on my body. Yeah. You know, I've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. And you... I continually get heavier and heavier every year. So my skeletal structure is, you know, definitely feels the effects of standing <clears throat> and running and cooking. I think uh, a lot of our friend group, we cooked, we did some cooking in our 20s, a lot of us worked the same place. Yeah, we worked together. And you kept going and growing while we all went and did other things. Mm-hmm. But I recall, like, in my kitchen time in my 20s, the partying uh-huh. was uh-huh. intense. Oh, yeah. Like, most of the drugs that I probably tried were in kitchens right? throughout yeah. my lifetime. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like, um, for the sake of maybe my relationship, I had to quit my, like, cooking <laughs> jobs in certain ways. <laughs> But well, like, I am single, so. But there's just like um, there's a mentality to that to that lifestyle, you know. There's not necessarily meaning that you have to go do drugs and stuff. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying it's like it's different than your office job kind of brain chemistry. You know what I'm saying? It's something that's like more attuned to the randomness of things. Uh-huh. Well, I imagine office jobs you have more people on prescription drugs. Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Antidepressants. Yes, absolutely. And their bodies are also sedentary and giving away, swelling out, widening. It's a bummer, dude. Are you sure you don't want to work in like um, consulting? Uh, what kind of consulting? Like um, maybe something involving, I don't know, telling privatized prisons how to save money. I'm Pete Buttigieg. You know... I don't know if I, you know, I, I call people come head. <laughs> so uh, sometimes, you come know. Come head advisor. You know, I've got. Come head advisor. There we go. You know, I've got a good solid, like, you know, 20 minutes. But then, you know, I start calling people names and uh, saying stuff that, you know, I would probably need to get an advisor to control my advice giving. Have you ever worn a visor? Yes. Actually, I wore a visor a lot. I went to golf camp. Are you, are you fucking serious? Yeah, I'm serious. I went to golf camp when I was uh, in middle school and um, a giant afro, and I wore a visor. Sometimes I wore it upside down. <laughs> that was a thing. I was about to ask if you ever wore it upside down. Upside down, backwards. It was a thing. What is that popping sound? Well, oh, sorry. He loves bubble wrap. <laughs> How are you making that sound? With his cloth. You never seen you, you pop a cloth. Pop cloth? Yeah, that was in the in the movie. That's why I brought it. They say that Jiro is exactly the same as he was 40 years ago, with the exception of the fact that he doesn't smoke anymore. I quit smoke. I've quit smoking for over two years now. Yeah. Yeah. Cool brag. Thanks, bro. Yeah. Give me something. Okay, cool. Jiro's apprentice started before he was famous, and he says that Jiro only takes national holidays and funerals off. He's got to keep the fun in funeral. He's yeah, and he does. <laughs> I hear he's like great, like open mic stand up. <laughs> But he's always anxious to get back to work. He is devoted to his craft. He's devoted. I mean, you know, mastery, obsessive. He employs his his children. So that's, I mean, he didn't get to see his kids until they started working for him. He said he let them finish high school 
Yeah, he's he admits he maybe wasn't a great father. Yeah. And he goes, I let my kids finish high school, but it's they wanted to go to college, but I talked them into yeah. just being he talked them out sushi of college. chefs. Yeah. yeah. You know how your parents do. Hey, are you sure about that college? Yeah, don't you want to come and work for me? I actually had relatives try to talk me out of college. Well, you my family's special. Yeah. Well, you ended up talking yourself out of college. Yeah. I made it two years. Yeah. Three years. Great time. It was. It was a good time. Small tuna's got to marinate for three days. Large tuna for ten days. Yes. FYI. Yeah, you got to age it. Pre-World War II, they talk about how fatty tuna was very common. He utilizes more of a lean tuna type because that's, he says he carries the flavor. And he goes and he buys tuna. Describe this market and the process in which he's buying tuna. So, you know, going to those giant Japanese fish markets, they chefs and fishmongers are going through lines and lines of giant tuna that can cost upwards into the into the millions of dollars. Have you looked at big tunas before? You've carved up some tunas. I've carved day. up some tuna. I haven't carved up whole tuna. They're, they're huge. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I've done uh, some small tuna, but, you know, usually you get your tuna loins. The process of picking it, I mean, and I imagine when you're, when, when Jiro goes to the, to the market, he is, he is like the top sushi guy. So they know what's up. You know, they know his son going around, you know, everybody's going to vie for this guy. I mean, could you imagine being a a tuna dealer and having him walk by and be like, I could never sell tuna to him. My tuna's not good enough. Yeah. You know, like I wish I could have a fish. Good enough for him, but I can't. I can't ever. And out of shame, they'll punch themselves in the face and dick. Yeah. They really do respect Jiro. Jiro and his oldest son, they buy, the, the vendors they tend to buy from are people that are focused specifically on the thing they want. Like the tuna guy deals in tuna. Right. The shrimp guy is specifically the shrimp guy. Absolutely. And some sushi facts. Sushi started as street vendors. Yeah. Street meat. Hell yeah! Street meat. Hard to imagine. And I think as it came to America, your food... I don't think I've ever seen a... Actually, I'm fucking wrong. There's a sushi food truck. Yeah. Just up the way from here. I heard it was good. I've never been there. Yeah. All all these years I've seen it and I keep forgetting. Yeah. Uh, Maybe I should try it. I see it on Uber Eats every now and then and I just kind of skip over it. Hmm. But I've heard... uh, I've I've heard uh, a cousin... Say it was really good. Want to uh, try it later? Yeah, you want to? Yeah. We should we should try it right now. We're a little busy. Okay, copy that. The California roll was invented in the early 80s. Yeah, you could take your shirt off and suck on your nipples. Thank you. <laughs> the California roll yes. invented in the early 80s. Yes, the Maki roll. Now, did you tell me that you ate... Some sushi from the guy who maybe invented this? Oh, yeah, Tojo. Tojo up in uh, Vancouver. Uh, a very uh, well-known, respected sushi master that has cooked for the queen. Um, Which one? Uh, the, the the queen of queens. Uh, uh, it's a strip club. Uh, and, uh, Nicki Minaj is from Queens. Is she the queen queen? As far as I know. Uh, the queen of England, uh, Tojo. Oh. Uh, you know, she's she's been... <laughs> She's hiding. She's hiding her. She's hiding one of her sons right now. Is she? She is. Oh, yeah. She's hiding one of her sons. Uh, the one that might have fucked kids. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She's like, you know what? You got to go stand in the closet <laughs> forever. And then you <laughs> don't make dude. those little flapping noises either, <laughs> Andrew. Yeah, yeah. Tojo, great guy. That was a coursed out meal. That was about. There was five of us that ate, and the meal was around eight hundred dollars. It was, um, and it wasn't just sushi. Tojo does. We we, we had the traditional Jap- Japanese courses. Oh, yeah. I could have swore I saw Jiro making some miso. Isn't that like an appetizer? There was some kind of soup going on. You know what? I didn't see that. Maybe, maybe, maybe so. Hmm. Or it could have been one of his sons because they apparently split the bar up a little bit. Well, it's one of his sons owns another place. Yeah. Yeah. But Jiro got three stars from the Michelin Guide because this food was so consistent. First Michelin Guide published, first Michelin Guide published in 1900 in France. And you know, and Michelin 
is from the Michelin Tire Company. Yeah. And it's basically a roadmap, a tour book on places you should stop and eat while you're driving around the world. Food and tires. That's what Michelin's all about. Tires get you to the food. Can you? I wonder how much sushi the Michelin man could eat. He could eat. He could eat probably. You know? Do you think he has like tire sashimi? Mmm. <laughs> you really got to massage the fuck out of it. Would that be cannibalism? <laughs> yeah, probably. You know, I wanna I wanna massage some octopus. Usually, I beat my octopus uh, with a rolling pin. There's one point where they're handling an octopus. Maybe they done something to it. Uh huh. But doesn't it have a beak that will like stab you? It, the octopus. It well, it does have a beak. Uh, but the Japanese feel no pain. <laughs> we all know that the samurai are the first uh, ones to experience the octopi beak. Yeah. <laughs> I was staring off into the corner, too. Let's go back to the octopus in, okay. the, in the film. Yeah. Um, not biting that dude's head. It's not no, stabbing. No, no, they don't. You know, they're not. When they were massaging the octopus, uh, that octopus was dead. Yeah. But at the market, I've personally handled a, a live octopus one time. And when the octopus is out of the water, they're more concerned with, like, kind of getting away. And they're throwing their tentacles around. Mm-hmm. And they're not, like... Their beak is, it's, it's not super, it's, it's hard, it's hard, but it's, it's not really that good of a defense I'm mechanism. Right. Thank you. Octo- I thought octopuses were smart. These, these octopuses sound dumb as shit. Well, uh. Don't get eaten if you're so smart. <laughs> octopus is good. I love octopus. And the little squid is pretty good too. I love, I love, I, I actually, I pretty much eat everything. I love some sea life. For sure. Absolutely. A good variety of it. Yeah. Looking at you is making me want some. Yeah. It's some uh, whale meat. Hell yeah. <laughs> some dolphin porpoise. Is it porpoise? Would you eat out a would dolphin you, on porpoise? Would, would you eat? Would you? Jiro uh... <laughs> left home at nine. And uh, his father uh, did boat rides and drank. That was what he did. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've been, I was trying to put my head around that. Could you imagine leaving, leaving your house at nine? I mean, he didn't say he ran away. It was like, it's just time to go. It was just time to go. I'm a man now. So. <laughs> it was a different time. It was. Now, was this, was this during World, World War Two? That predates, when he's leaving home, that yeah. is before World War Two. Right. And he said he worked hard, even though he got hit and kicked. Meaning he was getting beaten on his job. Yeah, he was getting beaten. And and at one point, when he goes back to the town to visit his friends, yeah, uh, he talks. He briefly mentions delivering lunches for the drafted soldiers. Yeah. So you know he was you know a child laborer. He was a soldier at some point. Yeah. Oh yeah, he ended up getting drafted because he's eighty. Oh, he's eighty five years old. By the way. Oh yeah. We, In this movie, absolutely. And he looks, my grandma's 85. She's like, can't stand up very Dude, good. She does not look like an old Japanese man. No. Not at all. I mean, she could still take it, but. It'd be really funny. You should, you should, uh, you should get her a, a, a zero mask. <laughs> a mask of this sushi chef? <laughs> yeah. I should. And put it on her and be like, now you look better. My. You my, look better. Grandma, you look great. My grandma is so used to me being a giant weirdo, she probably wouldn't bat an eyelid. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> she just wanted to go and get you some shoes. But I think he was a soldier at some point, because if the timing... It works out that he would be like 16 or 17 as World War II is heightening up. So, was he in the Rape of Nanking? When the Japanese soldiers bowled right through Nanking, China, beheading thousands. Or the Unit 731 facility, where the Japanese did uh, experimentations on the Chinese. Do you think Jiro was a part of any of that? Very possibly. Upwards of about uh, half a million Chinese people died in that facility. Wow. And they they had to eat sushi. Yeah. Somebody had to be making the sushi. Yeah. You can't just go killing a million people and not eat. You gotta, you gotta get your vittles. 
Absolutely. And that's where I always come in. You got to eat. You got, there's someone needs to be there to say. You got to eat. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, this guy, this Euro guy, you know, when you watch the film, it seems like all he does is go to work and he makes only sushi, which doesn't seem to be complex. But there's a lot behind this guy that we don't, that, you know, you don't really get to start to figure out until we start to have conversations like this. Yeah. Like, I want a zero two. Yeah. I want to know what else Zero dreams Did of. Did he commit fucking war crimes in I World War II? Yeah, I want to know what else he dreams of. He says with his homie later that they were bullies. Like, he admitted, like, I was oh, I was a fucking dick. Yeah, he could have been clipping fingers. Yeah, man. He could, I mean. Fucking cutting off people's heads and saying, Zero, you gotta eat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he didn't go to his dad's funeral. He didn't. <laughs> He didn't know. He didn't say where he was. He didn't say where he was when his father died. He didn't say how old he was when his father died. Yeah, yeah, he didn't, did he? He just said that his father's parents didn't take care of him. Yeah, they were very poor, and he spent a lot of his early life poor as shit. Yeah, he started his apprenticeship and was very poor. By the way, uh, Jiro takes pride in the fact that he probably got beat a lot. Uh, oh yeah, trying to be an apprentice. Folks, if your manager is out there beating or hitting you, you should report them. Well, especially if you're a child. Yeah. <laughs> if you're being coerced into child labor, don't let anyone hit you. Not at all. But you know what? You got to eat. Yeah. Got to eat. But Jiro admits he wasn't much of a father, more of a stranger. His eldest son, his son started their own restaurants. And we'll get more into the eldest son. He's actually been going to the market for years. Apparently, Giro, the last time he went to the fish market, he had a heart attack and, like, dropped. Right. And for some reason, I guess maybe he associates that together and he hasn't gone to the fish market. But his oldest son, I mean, he trusts him implicitly. He was very hard on his children, more so than casual apprentices over the years. And a lot of people didn't make it. They said, like, one guy maybe lasted a day trying to apprentice for Giro. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that, that happens... I believe that happens with every job. Yeah. You always have some schmuck that comes up and works for a day. Our our, El, our co- fellow co-host Eldridge, you know him as... Oh, yeah. He only made it at Panera Bread for one day. Well, he walked out mid-shift. Well, is pretty good at saying, fuck you, I'm out of here. Hell yeah! Yeah. Whereas I'm going home to play FIFA. Yeah, exactly. That's what he said. I'd rather be playing FIFA. You d- he said you don't gotta eat. That's right. And then he walked the fuck out the door. Panera, you don't gotta eat. You ain't eating that bread bowl. Yeah, I I hate bread bowls. I don't like the soggy with the soup. Give me a soup and a fucking bowl and a side of bread. I don't want it in the <laughs> bread in the bowl. It's weird. I haven't had a bread bowl in a long time. And my problem with bread bowls is I want the bread, so I end up ripping my bowl up and my soup goes everywhere. Yeah, what if you want to eat mean, the bread I first? I want to eat the fucking bread. That's a good That's point. That's the deal. And I'm, you know, it just turns into a mess. I'm like, who does this? Yeah. Who makes the plate delicious, but you can't eat it? And your hands are burnt, and you're screaming at the family <laughs> the just, next table over. And all I got is soup all over the table. I got bread that is now like, you know, soggy French toast, essentially. You know, and the children, the poor children. After World War II, when Jiro got better and better, he said he was trying to be inventive. He invented new sushi dishes. They were like, nah, we've done all we could with the ancient art of sushi. And Jiro was like, I learned from my time at Unit 731, <laughs> committing war crimes, that there's new techniques that you can apply to the art of sushi. You got to massage that octopus, by the way, for 40 to 50 minutes. Party! Absolutely. He used to do it for 30. Yeah. But now upwards to an hour. And he doesn't boil the shrimp until per order. Exactly. Which makes it longer, but perfect. Which... You know, some sushi is raw, but this is also, I think, 
but sushi is can be boiled and blanched and toasted in a, yeah, ver- a yeah, variety yeah, of ways. It can be grilled. It can be it can be cooked in any form or fashion. Yeah, or just salted. I mean, there. Yeah. It's not like just yep. always just like here's a piece of raw fish. I think right. a lot of people paint it like that. There's more to it than that. Well, there's more to spaghetti and meatballs. It can be if you bring it to the next level, dude. You de- you tempura all that, you fry it up, you roll it into a big you know log. You slice it up, you put mayonnaise all over it. <laughs> you know what? You got something else. You know, a little bit more mayonnaise. This would be perfect. <laughs> Man, a little more mayonnaise. Just get it, be good, boy. A sushi master is called a shakunin. Shakunin is what they call if you're like a sushi guy. Yes, absolutely. The critic says that when Jiro dies, sushi will never be as good again. This dude in Vancouver, he charged 800 bucks for these plates. Maybe you got some, like, maybe you went all out and got all the full thing. We gave, we got what he wanted to give us. Yeah. We didn't order, and it was delicious. The food critic is somebody, you know, well, it's just somebody. It's just another human. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's just talking, and, you know, he can say whatever he wants. I'm sensing a little animosity between you and this food critic. Um, no, I'm you just. You want to fight him? No, I don't want to fight him. Uh, I feel like you've kind of pushed me into this corner, <laughs> and the food critic is the one that's in my face. And yeah, I want to. I want to approach this. I want to approach this subject. Mm-hmm. He is. He is correct, and there is definitely going to be something to die with him, as um, an experience that comes. <laughs> From early 1900s methods, you know, creating sushi as an art form that he has been able to pass down through his sons, but his sons didn't see the days, the time that he saw. But to say that sushi will never be the same is... Hyperbolic? Yeah, very, very hyperbolic or, you know, I think he's kind of... Celebrating the moment and the time. Really that, dramatizing you know, it for the camp. Yeah, being on camera. And, and in no way am I devaluing the importance of Jiro and his methods and his message. You know, this guy has gotten a lot of free sushi from Jiro, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. You know. Is that a euphemism? I'm just I'm just talking about a guy that he only goes to work and makes the same food every day. So. <laughs> He's got the same dream, and uh, you know. I wonder how good Jiro's dick game is. Uh, they never talk about that. There's a lot that they don't talk about, and that's yeah. what I'm saying. Is like I wish that there was more Jiro. You know, Jiro too. Jiro. Yeah, we do need to see. You know, I want to know. I want to know a little bit more about this guy. They was his. Did his wife pass? I don't know. Was she not? She wasn't in the they film. Didn't, they didn't mention her. They didn't mention her for uh, all. They mentioned her as is making his children. I mean, they made it. They made it seem as though he had his two kids asexually, like they just like they came out of his mouth and then they grew. And he said, "I'll let you finish high school." The only mention of the wife is, "I would come <laughs> home, and my son would say, wife, there's a stranger sitting sleeping on the couch.'" Because he was at work all the time. Yeah, that was that was it. So she she must have done something. You ever seen fried green tomatoes? Yeah. I mean, she could have been slabbed up on a Wait little a ball of rice. Whoa! <laughs> like reverse fried green tomatoes. Yeah. Well, because like she she barbecued her abusive husband. Right. And fed it to the corrupt sheriff. Uh-huh. Oh, what if Jiro fed his wife to the corrupt sheriff? Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. And then Kathy Bates uh, showed that girl in the parking lot, like, I'm older and I have more insurance, uh-huh. honey. Yeah, he did it, like, in the 50s. I'm so glad you saw parallels between this documentary and Fried Green Tomatoes. I thought I was going crazy. <laughs> but it's real. It's real. Actually, uh, they're more like uh, tempura green tomatoes. <laughs> When they're fanning the rice, are they just huh? trying to cool it down? Yeah, they're cooling it down. Generally, they've added some uh, vinegar and sure. sugar, yeah. you know, some seasoning to it. And cooling it down to control the texture of the rice to stop the cooking process and get it to the desired um, uh, texture and starchiness. 
Jira will teach you for free. It takes 10 years to be great, which is pretty average for anything, really. You got to, 10 years is at the minimum what you do to be like an expert at whatever you're doing. So long as you do it consistently and work hard. They train the young, their apprentices by handing them, they heat this towel, scalding hot. And when the apprentices start, they can barely hold it. Right. But when they get to the point where they can just hold it, no problem. Uh-huh. Then that gives them the um, tolerance to really yeah. go into this thing. Well, it's called not being a little bitch. <laughs> He's got to make sure he doesn't have any little bitches fucking working the line. Little bitch-ass cum heads. They don't even let the cum heads make eggs but 10 years later. Exactly, because they're going to fuck them up. Eggs are challenging. Eggs are an amazing I love an egg. Me too. They're excellent. (laughs) Got it. Egg salad. This one apprentice said that he made hundreds of eggs rejected for months and months. Uh Like he would make it hundreds of times and she was like, no. No, you fucking suck. Yeah, you little bitch ain't good. What the fuck? Yeah. You can go down to Tammy's sushi den and make her tamago. Yeah. Do I look like fucking Tammy? Yeah. Uh, Do I look like Tammy? um, This isn't Tammy's tamago, motherfucker. (laughs) You're coming up in here and you're making my egg pancakes. We got to... You got to open a restaurant called Tammy's Tamago. (laughs) (laughs) It's just sweet eggs, baby. But eventually, he made those eggs right and Jiro was like... You didn't, you didn't Tammy it this time. He's like, good job. And then he called him a shakun. And everyone, and then he about like came his pants. Everyone exists to please Jiro. And the Japanese culture is very reverential to their elders. Yes, absolutely. And not only did he almost come his pants. I mean, I think traditionally all of them would have came his pants. Jiro said he's jealous of that French guy's tongue and nose. That French chef, he's jealous of his tongue and nose. Yeah. That's what he said. That's Japanese for palate, I suppose. Yeah. He also uh, knows a rice guy who knows a lot about rice. Uh-huh. The rice guy. <laughs> and this guy knows a lot about rice. Yes. Well, that's good. Hell yeah. Does it take 10 years to know everything about rice? I imagine so. I, what about the rice guy? I don't know. What, what about the, What the fuck does he dream he about? He kind of seems like a... Yeah, what does is, what is rice guy dream of? Man... You got a lot of dreamers in here. You got shrimp guy. You got yeah. tuna guy. You got rice guy. Octopus guy. Octopus guy. What the fuck do they dream you about? You got the tamago guy. You got you got the, the food critic. What are his yeah, dreams? Yeah, what is of? his dream? He's probably dreaming about Shiro's He's probably butt. Dr- dreaming about, you know, writing on a piece of paper, you know. But Jiro cooks his rice at high pressure. And it's got to be body temperature. You know how... People usually serve rice ice cold. Nah, dude. That's not how you do it. (laughs) And he says that sushi must be eaten immediately. Someone should tell Kroger and Publix that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, but this is also coming (laughs) from a guy that lets the fish hang out for 10 days. Coming. What's another five minutes? That's true. He's been aging the fish for 10 fucking days. I mean, you know, you let it sit there. I won't got him staring at you. Yeah. Will he get angry if I wait three minutes to yes. put that piece of sushi in he my mouth? He doesn't have anything else to do. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> There's actually you're alluding to a little bit of smoke and mirrors here that the that the documentary gets into at the end, which I actually thought was very refreshing. And we are fast approaching that. But Jiro is making his three movements for the these well to do looking guests. Because the price range keeps the pores out, you know. <laughs> they don't want the pores in this restaurant. Yeah, you got to clean it up. They don't want, like, a young Giro. Young Giro couldn't afford this place. And Giro's like, I know what I was like when I was a young poor. Yeah, he was getting his head smacked. Yeah. Yeah. So he says that he makes, he tells the ladies here, and I like every time he explained a fact. So Giro's explaining facts, and the critic is there being like, Oh, man, he uh, won the Big Dick Award in France. He won, like, Sushi of the Millennia here. He is the greatest of all time. And Jiro's just like, yeah, dude, I'm a fucking baller. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, you know, that's what that's what you do. And if, you know, if anybody's hating on him, it's just, you know, part of the deal is, is if you don't have any haters, then you're not doing it right. Jiro 
says that he makes sushi different sizes per your gender. And, you know, he might be going more on, like, body size. If you're a big old fat person, he's going to give you half the fish. So he's so we're going to get some fish. We're going to get some fish, boy. Wait, is that, is that Tamago? But I like every time the critic says a fact and Jiro explains how he genderizes his sushi, uh-huh. the guests are like, <laughs> Look, man, if you're, dropping, if you're dropping 500 bucks, you better be amazed. Your brain's going to make you think that you're going to be amazed. Yeah, I, that's true. I'm, you know? I would just be eating it. Yeah, I'd be like, next. I mean, Next, no, no. I mean, it's at actually, that price, you're you're pretty much making a mark out of yourself for you walking yeah. to the door. So you might as well just go go along. With yeah, it. you know, you're the one that's got on the the uh, mariachi hat. You know, it's your birthday. Favorite shot of the whole movie is after this scene. You see Jiro sitting there in a sleeveless t-shirt, popping out the fucking guns. This dude's dick energy is off the charts. <laughs> so let's let's go back to. The guests are being described when when they're talking about giving the the food size uh, to genders. I think another important thing that he notes as a chef that is in direct communication with the customer to find out how their day is going, what their day is like. If somebody has been working uh, very hard, concentrating on their office job, they need to be stimulated so they get something that has some acid, you know, to waken their palate. Somebody needs something uh, soothing to calm them down, to relax them, to prepare them for the meal. I think that's, that is something definitely uh, important uh, and incredible to recognize as somebody that is putting something inside of you. Hell yeah! Did that sentence work out? Some customers are like, this person special get the jar of ill come party yeah get out the jar of ill come yeah you know that's one of my favorite japanese wrestlers back to this again is this guy named kazuchiko okada he's one of the best in the world Uh uh-huh really big into fishing on his instagram he's always fishing i wonder if he's been to the rapongi fish market i wonder if he's been to jiro sushi place i wonder if jiro pops out the jar of ill come i bet he has you know I think I would like the eel come on the outside of the eel. Yeah. You know, like just slather it up like a glazed donut. Like as if the eel flopped over on its back and then uh-huh. split off on itself. Yeah, and then did an alligator death roll. And then you have to eat it raw because it's sushi. Yeah, you gotta. You got to. Can't even blanch it a little. I mean, you know, everybody has the barbecued eel. I mean, maybe you just need it cummed on. Have you? I mean, just give it a shot. <laughs> A shot, a cum shot. A little whap whap. Hey. Let's throw some shoestrings on that eel. Throw ropes on that fucking <laughs> eel. Throw some ropes on that eel, boy. <laughs> I'm throwing ropes on that eel, boy. Better web up that eel, Spider-Man. <laughs> but there's problems. Overfishing problems. There's certain fish types that Jiro used to get, but it hasn't been up to his personal stand or his son's standard in a long time. Absolutely. So there's some fish he doesn't get anymore. Absolutely. And that's a huge problem in Japan and the world over. Globally. I mean, that's... that's but Japan, how, that's, they love that sea life. So, like, they're fishing like crazy over there. Look, you know... I will. Thank you. Uh, because you've been keeping your eyes closed this whole time. It's been <laughs> creeping me out. It's very unsettling for the co-hosts, <laughs> my style. <laughs> you know, we are talking about a dream. Yeah. So, it makes sense. Something just occurred to me. Okay. What if none of this is real? Oh, my God. <laughs> what if you're still dreaming? <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, overfishing is, uh, you know, it's a big global thing. That's, you know, there, there are a lot of fish that uh, I don't buy just because, you know, as a chef, you know, chefs are the ones that buy the most of it, you know, to give to other people. But, I mean, you know, we've got sushi in Kroger in East Nashville. Hell yeah! Fish is everywhere, you know. Have I eaten that in the car alone? Of yeah. course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know. Was it a sad, depressing affair? Absolutely. You know, not as sad as me sitting there eating a five-piece chicken bucket from Kroger <laughs> alone in the parking lot. That's true. With a half a bottle of hot sauce. Even though... It's really good, really satisfying. There's, there's, you know, I'm sitting there with my shirt off, and the window down, chicken crumbs, 
all over my shiny belly. Face stained with your tears, glistening. You, you know what I'm not doing? Overfishing the seas. Jiro starts to demystify a little bit here. Right. Because you notice, you see Jiro, you saw him making the sushi for the chef and his yuppie friends. And you see Jiro in those moments and you see him like saying, this sucks, this this isn't good, this sucks. But the thing is, the person who's doing all the work is his oldest son. He confesses that, look, the sushi is 95% done when it gets to me. Absolutely. And then he becomes reverential to his staff. It's like... Honestly, they're doing all the fucking work. Right. He is the he's the actor. I have browbeat them for 40 years. Uh-huh. And I don't have to do shit but take all the credit. Take all the credit. He gets to be the sushi clown now. Yeah. And he confesses, like, the job of a sushi chef is often, like, a showmanship kind of thing. Absolutely. It's often, like, these little minute details, they all add up to something, but there's a little bit of, like, a gamesmanship happening. Yeah, you've had a guy back there frying eggs for... 10 weeks just to get it on the plate once. And then there's then they make this revelation. His oldest son is Yoshikazu. When he first got his Michelin stars, that sushi was prepared and served by Yoshikazu. Absolutely. He never, Jiro never touched the food. Jiro has reached, what is the pinnacle of perfection? What is the height of perfection? Death. <laughs> I mean, that's a fair answer. What is the next stage for Jiro? What does it mean when you've accomplished absolutely everything that you've set out to do and you're still there? Well, his, his sons are still there. Yeah. His sons will continue. Now, did we talk, did, do, do his sons have any children? They didn't mention that. They're probably too busy. Man, I want to know what ended up on the, on the editing room floor. Yeah. You well, know, his sons ain't bragging at all. They're like, where our stuff's not as good as dad's stuff. But y'all are pre- prepping the whole fucking thing. Well, you know, they uh, have to say that. that that's as just respect. the culture. Yeah, that's respect. You know, they were given their careers essentially by their father. Where are their kids? I don't know. Are they married? Are they in a cult? They're uh, <laughs> yeah, they're in uh, sushi um, cult. They're on Om Shinrikyo. You know, oh. Shinrikyo, the Japanese cult that let loose the sarin gas on the subways in the 90s? Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just throwing it out there. Anything is possible. We are talking about a dream. Zero's like, look, you always look ahead and above your own self. That's good advice. It is. It's easy for me because I'm short. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) I think you're perfect. Hell yeah. Oh, thank you. For me. Hell yeah. And what I want. Always try harder. And then Jiro laughs, probably thinking about all the war crimes he committed in World War II. Dude, what is up? Yeah, I'm telling I you. I really want to know. Yeah. Oh, we need a sequel. Oh, man. We got to, we, 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 you know, can we do like a, can we do like a, a dive, a research dive into like some. Like one of those weirdly edited YouTube documentaries where it's like, there's more to Jiro than you'll ever Nero know. In a world, where was Jiro that Saturday night, 1947? Was he? Well, he was probably starting an apprenticeship at that point. I mean, maybe. I mean, you know, if... Because the war was over for like two years after that. Yeah, yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that he wasn't slicing off people's fingers still. Yeah. Making finger sashimi. Yeah, in Unit 731 style. Dude, I want to know more. If I you, want volume two. If you walk into a Japanese restaurant or a sushi joint, and there's a menu item called Unit 731, stand up. Walk the fuck <laughs> out of there. <laughs> you know, after Japan fell. It's either going to be cool or it's not going to be cool. <laughs> but uh, the American uh, the American government overlooked those war crimes in exchange for the information they learned. 
in the facility for right. all the experimentations they did on the Chinese. So no one was tried, but the Soviets managed to capture some people involved in the war crimes. And they, I think a group of them got maximum 25 years, probably hard Siberian labor. Yeah. But the United States blamed any victim testimony at the time on communist propaganda. Oh, easy. That sounds like us. Absolutely. And that's the film, Chiro Dreams of Sushi. (laughs) Questions have arisen. And as we discuss this, more questions arise. Yes. That's the power of discussing documentaries. You get one feeling watching it. And then as you go through it, it's like, what the fuck is going on here? Look, for years I've been inspired by this documentary. But until this conversation, have I wanted to dive deeper into Giro, deep, deep inside of him, deep into his subconscious, deep into the 1940s Giro. William, we don't rate documentaries in a star rating scale, the archaic, right. no Michelin stars, nothing like that. Understandable. There's this guy, German German director, uh, Werner Herzog. We have injected him. Yes, very much. Very much so. It, it, have you it, saw him eat a shoe? Yeah, it's a classic. Yes. We massage him like an octopus into this rating system. You're going to give this one through five Herzogs. I'm going to give it one through five Herzogs. Combine them like a perfect piece of Najiri. Oh, oh yeah. I'm hungry. Yeah. For best out of ten Herzogs. My thoughts on Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Really well executed. Nothing that's an obscenely complex, but a good study on the idea of perfectionism and where that can take you. I know a lot of people that work hard. Um, but maybe none work as hard as people under Jiro. Second only being uh, the lady who's running the counter over at Joey's Pizza on uh, El Mill Pike. Oh, yeah. I think I, I don't know if I know anyone that works harder than that lady. She is incredible. She goes for it. She dances and spins. Yeah, she's great. Perfection, what does that mean? And at the end of this, every I mean, it made me hungry all the way through. And the life and the, the respect that this guy has, you have no doubt by the end of it that he has earned all of this respect. The guy literally has done this for 75 years. Absolutely. I think, look, most of us will drop dead. That's a lifetime. Absolutely. It's multiple lifetimes right there. And the dude is still going at the age of 85. Will we ever know what the war crimes he committed and fed? Uh, Maybe he he definitely fed war criminals at the very least. Absolutely. Should we forgive him for him? We need information first. We need some info. Based on sushi, we forgive him. That sushi looks beautiful. Wonderful. But the measure of perfection. That's what this movie is all about. What does it mean when you reach the top? Where do you go? The pinnacle. And at the end of the movie, he kind of gets a little bit more humble about it. He starts to be like, well, look, it's really all them, you know, and I'm just coming in. And those under him are all deferring only to Jiro. It's like this circle of reverence. And he takes a lot of the credit, but he understands. He worked hard to make something easier for him later. And he's really actually also an amazing PR guy because he he admits that this takes a measure of showmanship. Right. There's a little smoke and mirrors to it. Absolutely. I'm going to go pretty fucking high. For a movie about sushi and a guy who's good at it, is is there any better that you could find out there? I can't can't go perfect because I felt like some, it was a little slow in some ways, you know. I kind of felt like it could have been a little more compact, truly. I don't know if I needed the rice guy moments. It's like, yeah, of course, yeah, the guy's a master at rice, whatever. But I can give it a very, very good 4.5 out of 5. Four and a half. That's out pretty of good. Five. Wow. Yeah, that's wow. fucking good. That's pretty good. Thank you for that's applauding. That's pretty good. Yes, absolutely. Through our conversation today, I'm extremely, I'm even more interested in the rest of the story. Um, oh, that's that Paul guy. What's his name? Harvey. Yeah, Paul Harvey. Uh, and so uh, it being able to stimulate me in that manner means that it is doing a good job of either being a documentary and a, you know a, a form of art. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a solid four point five myself. Holy shit! Yeah, absolutely. Because what else? It drives me into thinking about what's next. And 
I'm gonna fucking figure out what the fuck this fucking Zero was doing in the 40s, yeah. dude. Near perfect. Yeah. If he just revealed one war crime. Exactly. It would be 10 out of 10. There's more off. to it. You don't get the whole story. Yeah. So, you know, you're left wondering. Leaves you hungry. You are left hungry. Yeah. Inspired. Yeah. And curious. Mm, bi-curious. Hell yeah. What size sushi would he give a bi-curious person? Uh, probably give them two different kinds. Of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then watch as you put them both in your mouth at the same time. Same time. That's how you do it. Same time. William, thanks for helping me out on this. I thought you'd be good for it. And uh, I think I was right. Bob, it's been a pleasure. So great to be here with you today. I'm just glad you got you brought the chef's perspective. Jiro Dreams of Sushi gets 9 out of 10 total Herzogs. Wow. Damn fine score, Jiro. Your, only your sushi is more perfect. And uh, keep on docking. Testing, testing. Testing, P- testing. Pig, fuck. Pig, pig land. Pig, land. Pig, pig landia. Uh, you can fuck a pig with my hand. If, you, if I wake up, I'm okay. Hell yeah. Well, I ain't first class, but I ain't quite trash. Then he about like came his pants. Everyone exists to please Jiro. And the Japanese culture is very reverential to their elders. Yes, absolutely. And not only did he almost come his pants, I mean, I think traditionally all of them would have came his pants. Well, I ain't first class, but I ain't quite trash. I'm wild and a little crazy too. Some girls don't like boys like me. Oh, but some girls do. Ha, ha, ha.